Stay Doomed is part of the IWEP Podcast Network. Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We're your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Woolahan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast where we should analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or only one episode, like this one. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Shoes and socks. Boots and pants? No, shoes and socks. Boots and pants and boots and pants. Let me know if you get that reference. Boots and pants? Welcome, everybody, to The Nerd. Yep. Yay. Yeah, this is a uh, life story about Noah Houlihan. Oh, don't. <laughs> don't. Just don't even. <laughs> Just don't. Okay? <laughs> Any case, real quick, uh, I wanted a little bit of uh, housekeeping, because I meant to, to mention this last time I did housekeeping and forgot. We release on Wednesdays now. Yes. We've moved to Wednesdays. Uh, Tuesday we do a, or by we I mean I, uh, for the Plus Two Comedy Gaming patrons, I do a private stream just for the uh, Plus Two Comedy Gaming patrons, and uh, basically patrons at any level can join. But uh, it was starting to get real tough to do that stream and get the podcast out on the same day. And we had been talking about moving it to Wednesday for a bit, so it finally happened. So yeah. we are now your favorite Wednesday thing. Like any TV show that has been running for a while. We're moving time slots. We're moving time slots and acting like you're excited about it. But don't worry, we're not moving to Fridays. Yeah, not into the Friday night death slot. Don't you worry. So now, let's pour one out. What do you got there, Laura? Uh, I have the Tansy, named for the uh, female lead of the show. Okay. She has a very dry sense of humor, so it is dry white wine. And because she's wearing a blue dress, I put food coloring in it. Nice. How is it? It's blue white wine. Yeah, that's a weird choice, but... Yeah. I mean, it tastes like wine, but it also looks like it was served to me at a children's birthday party. Yeah, very true. Very true. Uh, so I took a mango lime seltzer, and then I added some vodka. Okay. And then I added a little bit of blue curacao for some fun, and I have a rum and coke. That's not what a rum and coke yeah, is. Yeah, I know, but I want to stress that just because you call something something doesn't make it that thing. Just because I call this a rum and coke doesn't make it a rum and coke. It's just because I call something the nerd doesn't make it a nerd. So so this is not about you. No, nor is it about James Rolfe. We, we actually, unlike a lot of pilots, this aired. Uh, this was filmed in 1989. Right. But was not aired, was aired once, but not until 1996. That's so strange. Uh, I'm assuming you have some sort of reasoning behind this. No. No? Okay. So this is just... An old thing that they just happened to air one day. Yeah, it, it just kind of seems like it didn't. People just didn't bother. They randomly aired it one day. Nobody really knows why they just... They probably just 
burned it off at some point. All right, well, let's burn through this then. Uh, We start with uh, what will turn out to be our main characters, a married couple standing in one of their rooms, kind of shuffling back and forth. And then the nerd enters with a tambourine. Yes, this is the cult. This is the uh, title sequence. Yes. Uh, I my first note is I hate this. It's been ten seconds. Yeah, there. We open on uh, the titular nerd. It's the very classic like thick glasses, collared shirt, pocket protector archetype of yeah, the eighties. I, I will tell you exactly what it looks like. It looks like Michael Bolton from Office Space. Almost exactly. Yeah, I was going to say um, Eugene from Greece. Yeah. Like that feel. And, and the nerd is dancing through the house with them at one point. Yes. And then dances them out the door mm-hmm. and shuts the door behind them and then just goes about being in the house. Yes. So immediately, my first impression of this is, oh, yeah, he's a nerd. You know nerds, how they're outgoing and... Confident. Those are the things you'd describe a nerd with. This is just an annoying character in a tie and glasses. And uh, we open the actual show mm-hmm. on this the regular couple who, until we get their names, I call them the yuppies. Yes. Because it's the late 80s and they're very much that, like, feel. Mm-hmm. Will and Tansy are their names. Yes. The phone rings, and Will actually puts, like, a giant lampshade on sitcom tropes. Mm-hmm. And he goes... Now, you know, most people would jump to the conclusion that is their client calling to cancel dinner, and that they've just blown their one shot at landing a big account, and that they're back to square one in the PR game, and that they're an embarrassment to their friends and their family. Most people would answer the phone. Then answer it. All of Tansy's lines are delivered in that tone. Yes. That was a good Tansy impression. Most people would answer the phone. Don't worry, it's fine. Mm-hmm. She picks up and then asks him if he knows a Rick Stedman. Yeah, Rick Stedman. Rick Stedman. And the, the, the phone call only lasts like a few moments. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I remember the name Rick Stedman. Rick Stedman is the name of the person who saved my life. In a, he saved him from a burning building. Yeah, he, his apartment had caught fire, and uh, Rick Stedman had, like, rescued him after he had fallen unconscious, but never he never got to meet him. So he wrote Rick Stedman a letter saying that he owes his life to him. Anything he ever needs, just let him know. Which... Wookie life debt. Yeah, he owes a Wookiee life debt to Rick Stedman, who, to be clear, he didn't remember his name right away. Yeah. This premise is already really stupid. You know where it's going. You're smart and you listen to this show. And then we throw have this throwaway moment where Will warns Tansy to keep an eye on the client's wife. She steals things. Yeah, we should mention, the plot is that... A client and his wife are coming over to dinner, and they're trying to, like, impress them so that he can make money off of them. Yeah. I'm not 100% on what he does. He does advertising? PR. 
Yeah. He does public relations. So he wants to be the PR for this weird company that I don't think ever gets really explained what it is. No, we really don't find out. We find out that the client has been voted man of the year, but not much else about it. Yeah, so like it's this very loose premise of this client coming over for dinner and the dinner needs to go well. Yes. The classic... This sitcom trope is so well-worn that the first episode of WandaVision mm-hmm. hinges on the client dinner. Yes. Now, it also has this weird moment in the beginning where the client and his wife arrive and their son's in the car. Yeah, and he wants 50 bucks. And he wants 50 bucks to get out of the car. So they don't give it to him. So he stays in the car the entire episode. Yeah. Which means we never see him. Nope. Which means what is the point of any of this? No, it's a weird... It's, a, it's an establishing moment to show that this couple is completely devoid of charm. Yeah. Uh, because they also then kind of get into it with Tansy. He is trying to apply very classic family values onto Tansy, who does not want children. Yes. And he's like, oh, the little wife staying at home. And she's like, I'm a photographer. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, well, they're naming me man of the year. And that's when she goes, a recent one. Which is a decent joke, but I already hate pretty much all of these people. I hate everyone but Tansy. I do like Tansy, actually. Now, and also, weirdly, the client says something along the lines of, You know, the faster we eat, the faster we can get to the games. The games? I love to play games. I consider it a great way to test a person's character. Yeah, because he considers games a test of character. Mm -hmm. Which is, again, like, such an old, dead horse uh, sitcom trope. Yeah? Yeah, the, like, the game night. Mm Mm-hmm. There's an, there's an episode of The Office, so they've been doing this even up to recently, where Jim takes a client golfing, mm-hmm. and Jim sort of uh, obsessively designs the, the day around what will please this client. The client hates Cornell, mm-hmm. so he brings Andy to represent Cornell poorly. Yeah. So, this is like a very well-worn, well-treaded ground long before the nerd. I'm sure... I could go through and find an episode of the Dick Van Dyke show where they do this, an episode Mm -hmm. of Mary Tyler Moore where this happens. This kind of classic sitcom beaten to death trope. Right. And then Rick Steadman enters. Yeah, they they leave the room to get the Cornish game hens, which they are having for, for dinner. Those were a really trendy meal for a while. Yeah, and when they return... A new person is kind of sitting at the table that nobody recognizes. Yeah. This is Rick Steadman, who doesn't even know that which one is the guy he saved. Because he thinks the client is, what's his name? Uh, Willem. Is Willem. And immediately, Rick Steadman is the most annoying person on the planet. Yes, and uh, one thing I noted immediately. There were already five place settings at the table. Mm-hmm. It's something I noted instantly. Yes, and to, to kind of burst your bubble, 
That's why the kid stayed in the car. That makes sense. So there was always five. That's why they had written in a son. Yes. I honestly just realized that too. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that I, that's the whole point was to justify that there was enough food for him. Rick Steadman makes a comment that he... What is this? Rock Cornish hen. Right, right. That's what I thought. Because you know what? What? This is what I had for lunch. <laughs> oh. And he just kind of looks around. He's like, can I make you something else? And he says, spaghetti. Yeah. And Tansy, who kind of doesn't want to be part of this dinner party, is like, cool. An excuse to leave. Yeah. Like, Tansy does not seem to begrudge making something else for Rick Steadman at this point. Yeah. And I strongly think it's because she's miserable and is like, oh, I have a built-in reason. Yeah, to be in a different room. To sneak away. Rick also, like, grabs the Cornish game hand with his hands to throw it away. And then goes, wait, you don't have one. And then drops the food on the client's plate. Yeah. And then looks down and goes, I don't have a spoon. And looks over at the client's wife and says... Oh, you have two. Yeah. Implying she's already tried to steal a piece of silverware. Oh, I guess that makes sense. But instead of, like, putting it in her purse or pocketing it, she just kind of put it at her place setting. Um, the dinner lasts, like, two minutes. Because then Tansy also, like, brings him out a, uh, just, like, some fettuccine. Some linguine. Yes, whatever. Like, we were out of spaghetti, so I made you this. Yeah. And he's... Not thrilled, but accepts it. Yeah. And then Rick goes on an extended impersonation of a chicken. Yes. Because he holds up an egg. Because they had deviled eggs. Yes. And he holds up a deviled egg and says, isn't this weird that this was inside a chicken? No. Like... No, we all know where eggs come from. So, uh, eventually he takes the egg and the chicken and starts doing a puppet show. You know how nerds are constantly doing spontaneous puppet shows? You know how that's a nerd quality? Spontaneous puppet shows? Um, he starts doing one of those. To be entirely fair, in my experience, nerds often do do spontaneous puppet shows. Really? Yes. Give me six examples. Six. Update. We settled the puppet debate off mic. I won. Anyway. We digress. So, they are now going on to the games. So, yeah, what happens is, because I want to stress this, eventually the uh, Rick Stedman, the nerd, uh, is so annoying that the client wants to leave and his wife is going with him. And just as they're out the door, Willem says, oh, you're going to miss the games. And that brings... Brings him back. Brings him back in. So all that this guy really wants to do is, like, play board games. What a nerd! Yeah. I the mean, client's the biggest nerd in this. Yes. But he suggests I went on a trip as a game. Yeah. Uh, this like, is... Filmatic, this is cinematically a terrible choice because this is a boring car game. Yeah. That you would use to fill up like, oh my god, we got two more hours before the next stop. We need to do one of these like stupid car games. Yeah, so I went on the trip and I brought apples. I went on the trip and bought apples and bananas. I went on a 
trip and I brought apples, bananas, and cantaloupes. This is a lot of fruit. I went on a trip and brought apples, bananas, cantaloupes, and Dalmatians. That's not a fruit. Uh, so you see how fun this is. Um, now imagine watching these terrible people play this game. But with pauses between. Like, we just jumped back and forth quick because we wanted to show you what we were doing. Uh, no, they, they do not give you that courtesy. Yes. On top of that, the nerd doesn't quite understand the game. So rather than uh, giving out, going alphabetically, he just names random things that you would take on a trip. And he's also writing the list down. <sighs> like... This is, that's not a joke. It's not. It's not. And then they get to F and Tansy says flagpole. And Rick's like, you wouldn't bring a flagpole on a trip. Yeah. My next note is it, it's a boring car game and the show does not make it interesting to watch on television. No. So they decide that they're going to play a new game and Rick has a game. It's called Shoes and Socks. Yes. He makes the client take his shoes off and then puts them in a bag and then hides them. Yes. And then everybody has to wear a paper bag on their head and rip an eye hole and then close their eyes, spin around and put their fingers in their ears and hum while he hides them. Does this sound fun yet? Then he's going to read from the Bible. Yes. And whenever he says anything about shoes and socks, then we don't actually find out what happens. Well, we find out if he says feet or shoes or anything alluding to feet, everyone's supposed to go, shoes and socks. Yes. But... Willem doesn't have a Bible. Yes. So Rick is like, oh, I thought you were a man of character. So uh, where do you keep your Bible? I don't think we have a Bible. Well, everybody has a Bible, don't they? I'm pretty sure we don't. Why not? Don't you believe in God? Why don't you believe in God? <laughs> I never said I didn't believe well, in God. That's that then. The game's over? Well, sure. How would I know he wouldn't have had a Bible? It really kind of makes you think, you know? What does? Well, I mean, if you believed in a power higher than yourself, we could have had a great game of shoes and socks here tonight. Rick, I never said doesn't I didn't Doesn't this make in... you ask yourself what else in life you might be missing? This part is so just insulting in general. Yeah. To just be like, oh, you're not a Christian? You must be a bad person, which is a weird thing to put on network television. It also kind of harkens back to the beginning when they try to put the very, like, traditional values onto Tansy. Right. Kind of this, this is the late 80s, mind you, but the idea that Tansy and William don't have a Bible. Yes. And, oh, you know, they're... They're moderns because they look to be in like their mid to late 20s. Something like that, yeah. So their boss was probably their age in the 50s. 
Yeah. So that like kind of traditional, it's almost like a kids these days. Yeah, kids these like a sitcom- days don't have the Bible. Yeah, sit- like a sitcom now wouldn't do the lazy, oh, Zoomers always on their phones joke. But they would also call Zoomers millennials. Like mm-hmm. sitcoms today would call a 15-year-old character a stupid millennial. Yeah. Even though like millennials are pushing 40. And it, it's that kind of weird, oh, kids these days humor. And the client is indignant because he can't figure out how to win. And you also get the impression the client was only going to suggest games he was good at. Yeah. Like, he knows he's at a place where he has all the power. Mm-hmm. So he's going to essentially put this couple through a demeaning game night so that he can win. Yes. Because he knows that they're kind of invested in letting him win. Right. So, the client stomps off. Like, he and his yes. wife. Well, he accidentally throws the shoes in a crick. Yeah, you know, just a convenient creek that's that, nearby. That's, yeah. And then they storm off. And everyone's upset, so Rick just starts unpacking? Yeah, because he's planning to at least stay the night. Yes, which, like, none of this is really established. He just is going to do that. And Tansy says, like, don't you have any family in the area? And he goes, no, I come from a broken home. Yeah. A tornado hit it. Yes. Which is a flipped version of the crappy joke from Mr. Ed. When uh, the girl's boyfriend talks about the tornado taking his dad away. And by tornado, he means U.S. Marshals. Yeah, that's true. So, like, these lazy jokes. Uh, Will re- Will chases the client and his wife out to the car to talk to them and then returns with all of their spoons. Oh, yes, because she had stolen all the spoons. So, Will is stern and he starts to yell at Rick about how this was an important night. Rick's digging through his trunk and produces a King James Bible and yes. gives it to Will. Yes, and because of this... All is forgiven. Yeah. Which, again, is just like, wait, what are we doing? We also establish there's a dumbwaiter that goes up to Will and Tansy's bedroom that's clearly being set up for use if they... Is it a... I thought it was the fireplace. I think what they were setting up... This is confusing. Yeah. But I think what they set up is the living room and the bedroom are separated by a fireplace. This way you could see the fire from either room. Right, so you could also probably see into. Yeah, which would be like an interesting gimmick in a sitcom that they're laying the groundwork for, but we'd never get to see any payoff for this. And then uh, my last note is, uh, Will is touched by Rick's generosity and like lets him stay after that. Yes. And then my last note is it goes to credits as Rick settles in for the night. And it's an ad about Phil Hartman. I'm like, I miss Phil Hartman. Yeah, then we get an ad about Phil Hartman uh, on news radio. Yeah, like it's in and of itself actually deeply fascinating of they're pushing one actor in a sitcom, which I don't think I've ever seen. Yeah. And they show like a little chunk of an SNL sketch. He was like the car that could be deployed so no one would want to steal it. Yeah. So what's interesting about this show... Is it's based on a play. Okay. And 
Loosely. Okay. Because in this, Will and Tansy are not together in the play yet. The play is kind of them getting together. Okay. And there's three of them living in uh, in the house. Okay. There's a third friend named Axel. Axel. And Axel, they've all heard about Rick Steadman and... Will actually says he's kept in touch with Rick Steadman, mm-hmm. and they've corresponded. And in this one, because the play was written uh, earlier on, Rick Steadman saved him in the Vietnam War. Oh, okay. Uh, because in this situation, uh, the times lined up better. When this was now shot in 89, they had to kind of update the reference. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mark Hamill played Willem. And Broadway, which is neat. So this was like a real legitimate Broadway play. Okay. That went up in the late 80s. I want to say 86, 87. Um, and yes, um, 87, 86. So this was more of a farce. Like Axel gets Rick Steadman to show up. And Rick Steadman is so annoying that Will and Tansy kind of join forces to try to like drive him out okay so it's more of a farce we get the client dinner as well and we actually do see the son oh he's not just in the car the whole time axel calls him quote the poster child for planned parenthood ah good bit uh which it's a bit that would play on stage but maybe not on network tv in the Mm, 80s right right that makes sense so Really, the twist is... Spoilers for a 40-year-old play. Yeah. Um, In case you were planning on time traveling sometime soon. uh, The twist is that the Rick Steadman who arrives is an actor. Ah. Axel has hired him to help William build up... To help Willem build up his spine, essentially. And learn to stand up for himself better. Okay. Because Will is a doormat mm-hmm. so because of this that's kind of the lesson learned axel is trying to teach will a lesson about standing up for himself by having this really annoying person right and then the person kind of comes out and he's like yeah no i'm an actor mm-hmm. and so like it's kind of an interesting role because he has to completely change his demeanor to being like a very in control Okay. Delightful actor. And uh, Rowan Atkinson played the role in The West End. Oh. That sounds perfect for him. That is the perfect role for him. Yes. He plays it in a... In a 1980... It was the top grossing American play in The West End in 1986. So, that being said, there is no Axel in... In this. Right. So my only thought is that... Is it building up to Tansy has hired this man? Because Tansy's way too cool with everything. I mean, I don't think that twist is ever coming. No. Like, it's a sitcom. So we're going to return to status quo. So if this show were to continue, it would be... Rick's annoying, but he saved my life. Rick's annoying, and I want him gone... Rick does something to remind me of his heart. Rick stays. Yeah. And we just do that over and over again. That being said, Rick is so annoying and the client's so unlikable that this show was truly grating to watch. Yeah. And, like, Willem's not that great 
No, Willem is a boring doormat. Yeah. Tansy is very funny, but the style of humor is also just that very dry, um, Lilith Sternen sense of humor from Frasier. Mm-hmm. This is, it feels like it's cobbled together from chunks of way better sitcoms. Like, if I were to rewrite this, I would have whatever Willem's client relationship is, it's got to be something nobler. Yes. It's got to be either like... He's an architect in the play. Yeah. Architect was like trendy at the time. Mm -hmm. But it would need to be like a grant to save puppies or something. Yeah, like, oh, we need to charm this big donor uh, for the... I work at a hospital and I need this for the Mm -hmm. fundraiser. Yeah, and then uh, Rick would need to do something that actually seals the deal. Yes. And then everything works out. Or it would have to be something not noble, something like semi-horrible, like I don't actually want to work for toxic waste industries, but the money's so good. And then Rick ruins it, and then Willem realizes that's for the best. Yeah. Those are the two ways you can kind of do this story. Right. They don't really do either of these. No. And I know I keep harping on this, but I want to bring back to this. Um, Why is the nerd just a transplant for annoying person? Because this was filmed in 1989. Yes. That is five years after... Revenge of the Nerds. So it's not like we don't have that cultural idea of what a nerd is. The only thing that makes him a nerd is glasses and a tie. Which, we have no explanation of why he's dressed the way he is. Like We have no idea what his job is. He's just a man who chooses to wear a white button-up shirt and a tie at all times. He looks a little Dwighty. Yeah, so like... There's nothing that makes him a nerd. To me, I think the right word would be smuck. Okay. He's a bit of a smuck, just like, oh, you're grading and things like that. But, like, nerd doesn't feel like the right label for this. Uh, And I I wanted to... I feel like you want to tell me that I'm using the word nerd wrong. No. Okay. I think back to... Other sitcoms, successful sitcoms. And there's always that outlier character. Like, there's Family Matters, and then there's Urkel. Yes. And then there's Family, uh, Full House, and then there's Kimmy Gibbler. And then there's uh, Step by Step, and there's Cody. Yeah, there's like the wacky neighbor. Yeah, there's this like wacky, insane character that you secretly wished the whole show was about. But if you made the whole show about it, it it would be this, and this is bad. This actually reminds me of, we did a very, like, very, very, very early in this podcast. We did an episode about the Office episode, The Farm. Right. And how it was intended as a backdoor pilot that would star Dwight. Right. Dwight is that character. Mm-hmm. Dwight is the weirdo in The Office. And we made the remark in that podcast that they had to sand him down and make him an everyman yeah, in this episode. A person. Because you don't really want to watch a show about Urkel. No. You think you do. But whenever those projects have moved forward, 
the audiences are ultimately like, oh, I did not want this. No, no. They're, you, you want a taste of it and then it goes away. Yes. You can't. It's like eating only desserts. I was trying to think of a spinoff where they tried to move forward like this. I think the only one I could think of that's a spinoff, this is even a stretch to even say this, but Mork and Mindy. Okay. Because Mork from Ork showed up in Happy Days from time to time. And then he got his own show. But, like, he wasn't as reoccurring. He showed up maybe three or four times. Um, I can't think of any other time where it's like the wacky neighbor gets their own show. Uh, I can actually. Three's Company. With the Ropers. The Ropers? Yeah, the Ropers had their own show. But even that wasn't quite the same. Yeah. I mean, I guess technically you could say the Jeffersons. There are other ones that had, I mean, All in the Family spawned a ton of them. Right. Well, I mean, I'm just saying the Jeffersons were legitimately their neighbor. (laughs) But they weren't the wacky neighbor. Right. They were physically the neighbor. But, like, you could have had a Clarissa Explains It All spinoff about Sam. Yeah. Because Sam wasn't... I don't think you could have one about Ferguson. Yes. Ferguson is the wacky outsider character. We say the neighbor because in a lot of these sitcoms, it is the neighbor. Mm -hmm. But the, like, ensemble... The term is almost the ensemble dark horse. Yeah. Like, you might love Ducky and Sixteen Candles, but you wouldn't go out and see Ducky the movie. For instance, when you have friends, you want to follow... Like, if the next show of Friends had followed Chandler and Monica moved to the suburbs and raised their family, it might have fared better than Joey. Okay. Because Joey was kind of the out-there wacky character. Yeah. And I wonder if that's kind of the issue here. Is that you're centering on the wacky character who's best taken in small doses. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Excuse me. Pardon me. Um, so, so any other research? I think we might have reached the end of this road. Yeah, I, I feel like there was a lot of research for this one. Being that it was... Thank God it said based on a play. Yeah. Because that sent me in the right direction of... Getting this to work. Yeah. So I guess it's verdict time. Oh, stay doomed. Doomy doomed. Doom, doom, doom. Doom, Mick, doom face. Yeah, it's a stay doomed for me too. I just, I don't see the value in any of it. No. Really? (laughs) Like, I don't know why they thought this was a good idea. (laughs) I just don't. I don't see why it would just... It was very common at the time to try to make plays like i mean still is but it was common to try to make plays into films and tv shows i think this maybe could have worked as a film using the original themes yeah because the play is well received but the play is extremely well received the and a lot of the play is still occasionally produced as well we are going to stray so far away from the play By the end of this. Right. Like, and by the end of this, I mean, by episode two, we are going to have to stray so far away from the play that I don't understand why we're even using the nerd IP, if you want to call it that. When you just be like, let's make a show about an annoying guy. It'll be kind of like a play I saw once. Yeah. Like, I don't know why it's valuable to even be like, 
This is based off of the play. They cast the original Broadway actor as Rick Stedman. Oh, that okay. might be why they tried to keep the IP. Okay, so then they were like, let's just do this on screen. Okay. Yeah. Who has been working steadily. Um, I actually realized he's in a show I've been watching currently called Julia. Oh, really? Yeah, he's the owner of the station Julia Child's uh, TV shows on. Gotcha, gotcha. And that's Julia Facts. Ooh, Julia Facts. And if H- they, that's supposed to get a season two... Right. But if HBO Max keeps messing around, we might yeah. be covering Julia for this show. I doubt it will. <laughs> with everything going on with that, everything is just so confusing and messed up. But that's for another time. We're all very upset about what's going on with HBO Max right now. Yeah. But now let's talk about what's going on next week. What are we watching next week, Laura? Uh, we are going to be watching by audience demand, Freaks and Geeks. This is a big one. This is one we knew we had to eventually cover. So we are moving forward with Freaks and Geeks. Yes, as chosen by our wonderful patrons. Thank you so much. And if you want to join our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash plus two comedy. At the $5 level, you can get to vote on the different things that we will be watching once a month, as well as join our Discord and uh, hang out with us. And then we, we talk about... We've been talking about the CW a lot and amusement parks. Yes. So if you want part of that experience, join at the $5 level. Where can people find us? You can email us at the Stay Doomed Show, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you get offended by the word nerd being used incorrectly, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you've been known to perform impromptu puppet shows, I'm at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>